This is the 401 Podcast. Join Rhode Island sports journalist and basketball scribe Kevin McNamara with guests from the Ocean State sports scene and beyond. Now, here's your host, Kevin McNamara. Hello and welcome back to the 401 Podcast on Kevin Mac Sports. I'm your host, Kevin McNamara. First, thanks for joining me on the 401. It may be freezing outside. In fact, that's it. I'm, I'm heading. I got to go to Florida for a few days. A little golf, see some family, some friends. I got all these pals down in Florida giving me a hard time. When are you coming down? It's called work. It's called a job. And most of all, it's called college basketball. It's the only reason I'm up here is to watch these college basketball games. And it's been a great winter for sure. Um, but you know, the, the heat is certainly on these days at the Dunkin' Donuts Center and really college hoop arenas across the country. Whenever I turn on Fox or ESPN, it's uh, it's outstanding, coast to coast. On this edition of the 401 Podcast, we, we have to talk Friars. Wow. I did not see this one coming. I'll tell you a story. Last summer, I poked my head into some workouts at Providence College, and a couple things jumped out at me right away. One, I, I wanted to go and see what the two transfers look like, Al Durham from Indiana and Justin Manaya from South Carolina. Well, I instantly fell for Durham. I, I thought he really fit in well. He could be the team's starting point guard. I remember him at Indiana with the Hoosiers, and he was more of the off guard. You know, stood in the corner, made some threes, drove the ball to the basket well. And yet I saw a, you know, a kind of a Catino Mobley type, you know, not as talented, not as explosive, but a versatile guard, a scoring guard, a lead guard. And that's exactly the way that Ed Cooley has played uh, him with the Friars. I also liked Manaya. Uh, I liked his versatility. I liked his size. But I questioned his shooting ability just from what he had done at South Carolina. So we'll see. That said, I, I wasn't high on a few Friar returnees. First of all, I, I saw Jared Bynum's 12% three-point shooting number from last year and just didn't see it improving. I, I just questioned how much he could help the team. I was also leery that Ed Croswell wasn't big enough, tall enough to produce in the Big East. Again, just going off what we saw last season. Well, I was certainly wrong on those two fronts and many more, but that's nothing new. No matter how closely you watch college programs, and I've watched college, Providence College for more than 30 years and really all my life, the potential you know, for these young guys to make jumps in their games is always a wild card that can never be discounted. You know, you're 19, big jump to your 20 years old. A 20-year-old, now Providence has some 23-year-old guys. Huge, huge difference, huge jumps you can make in your skill set, mentally, physically, the whole package. And the Friars' wild cards, they've come up aces this winter. Providence was off to a 19-2 start heading to Georgetown and then is really looking forward to a welcome bye week of rest. That should set the team up for a rigorous final sprint into March. But what can this team do in March? And yes, the Friars will certainly be dancing once again in March. You can book it. Well, who knows? That'll certainly be the subject of future 401 podcasts. But in this podcast, we're going to hear from Coach Ed Cooley and also from John Rothstein of CBS Sports. John Rook, the voice of the Friars and WPRO, he and I interviewed Rothstein recently, and we began our conversation talking about luck. Yeah, the Friars are the number one team in the luck category on KenPalm.com. Now, I know how that burns Friar fans, but the analytical measure is fairly simple. Cooley and his coaching staff have been perfect 
in late game situations with this team. No one is supposed to be perfect in tight games in basketball. Just not supposed to happen. So the Friars are turning the math geeks inside out with their performance thus far. So how is this happening? Well, I can say whenever I go to practice at Providence, Cooley and his staff put 19 seconds on the clock or 32 seconds on the clock or a minute and 10 seconds on the clock. And then the two teams run things out, executing on both sides of the ball. Late game situations. Every team in the country practices it. Some are better than most. Practice makes perfect, right? That's what's happening this season down the stretch for the Friars. So, John Rothstein, what about this luck factor with the Friars? Kevin, obviously great to be with you, first of all, as always. Kevin, I just want to say it's great to finally talk to you in person after all these years. <laughs> but in all seriousness, guys, somebody told me a long time ago that luck is when preparation meets opportunity. Right. So if Providence, after that win on Tuesday against St. John's, is 8-0 this season and games decided by five points or less, you know, it's just really a time to tip your cap to the Friars for their end-of-game execution. And, John, I was thinking about this you know, courtside in Queens, Al Durham was one of 10 against St. John's from the field. Mm -hmm. But in the final 60 seconds of the game was six of six from the foul line. So people can say all they want. The bottom line is this. You guys have been on the Providence beat, you know, longer than anybody. A dream season right now is emerging for Providence. Now, it doesn't mean there's going to be a dream ending. But right right now, a dream season is unfolding for the Friars. You know, John, I'll continue with a Friar question. They do seem to be a little overlooked. Not quite sure why. Uh, again, John Rook's lucky question is certainly kind of bloomed in Friar Town the last three weeks, and, and it's now a, a, a point of pride for some extent. Uh, I'm curious, National Coach of the Year, is Ed Cooley in that discussion? Could he be in that discussion by March? Well, it's funny you bring that up. Kevin, I'm going to make a little plug here. I have coming out in my daily column, The Breakfast Buffet at collegehoopstoday.com, a long, long summary of why Ed Cooley deserved to be National Coach of the Year candidate. And look, you can make the case for Bruce Pearl without question. Mm -hmm. You can make the case for somebody, I think, like Kelvin Sampson, who has lost two starters and, you know, the three of us know has been one of the best coaches in college basketball. But I think if we're going to talk about guys like that or you're going to talk about guys like Tommy Lloyd at Arizona, with all due respect, you know, Ed Cooley does not have a Ben Matherin like they have at Arizona. And this is with all due respect to the Providence players. But we are seeing right now, I think, you know, an excellence in end of game execution that needs to be talked about because, you know, Providence, again, is also doing this with a roster that has not been together Arizona has a brand new coach, but that nucleus of players was in the Wildcats program last year and was coached and tutored by Sean Miller. So here's the thing, you know, about the the whole roster idea, and I'm glad you brought that up, John, because you know, clearly this looks to be the way that college basketball is going to go, at least for the foreseeable future, because of the inclusion of the transfer portal and the the need for teams to be older. And we've seen where older, more experienced teams have certainly got a leg up on younger teams. So yeah. is this helping? or hurting the game right now at, at this juncture based on, on what you're thinking? Look, I think it's a catch-22. I think you're going to have really good, obviously, benefits from the transfer portal from a winning situation, and I think you know it's going to go the other way, too. I think you're going to have different scenarios based on the circumstance. And I'll give you an example. Providence has got a team right now, really with the exception 
of A.J. Reeves and Nate Watson that is built on transfers, and they're having, obviously, a dream season. If you look at a team like Texas, who Chris Beard obviously took over and really everybody thought was just dominating the transfer portal, they look like a team that has too many players and too many mouths to feed. So I think we're going to see a little bit of a seesaw in that effect. My thing, John, and I think, you know, Kevin, I'm curious to get your take on this as well. I just want to know what the rules are because nobody is obviously giving us any type of clarity what the rules are. I am somebody who was raised by two teachers and two educators. So I was raised, you know, to value education. So I felt that, you know, these kids were transferring and obviously not that many players are going to go to the NBA and fewer players are going to graduate, that we were doing a disservice to the young men and women who maybe weren't going to be able to graduate on time. With that said, I understand, okay, despite that, despite all the benefits that happen when you redshirt a season, like somebody like Jared Bynum or like some of the guys we've seen in the past at a place like Villanova, I understand why a universal transfer rule makes sense. What I don't understand is how we still have circumstances, why there are waivers involved. The, the deal was supposed to be if you want to transfer one time in your college career, you can transfer without obviously having to sit out, which I get. And I think if you add a notification date like May 1st, there would be obviously a way to kind of make this somewhat stable. But now we've seen there are so many different players transferring once and being immediate eligible and then transferring again because they can file a waiver. That, to me, is the gray area that's the issue in this whole thing, guys. John, John I'm totally with you. I think the waiver process really needs to be shut down for hugely extenuating circumstances only. And how about this? I think we're going to look back three, four years from now, and there'll be one stat that no one really follows that's going to blow our minds. And it's going to be the number of kids who go into the portal and don't find a home. I know it's rampant in college football. Yeah. Uh, I think in basketball, we're going to see that as well. But it just look at the teams at the top of, of the polls. Uh, Auburn has impact transfers. Kentucky impact yeah. transfers. Houston. I mean, it, it, it's that's going to get the attention because those are all success stories. But there's a lot of situations where things aren't working out as well. You know, and Kevin, that's a great point because I also think, and this is one thing that's interesting, Again, it's not getting talked about, but, you know, we got you and I, the three of us could find a pub and we could talk about this for hours. You know, preferably the Brick Alley pub in Newport. But I think one (laughs) thing to talk about is there are less coaches right now using the full allotment of scholarships because they know they can't keep 13 guys happy. So what we're seeing, you know, one program in the Big Ten that said, you know what, we're going to take our best 10 or 11 we're going to find two good walk-ons who can participate in practice and who want to be a part of our program. And that's all we're going to do because players used to obviously have 13 scholarships because a lot of coaches or programs used to have 13 scholarships because coaches like to redshirt guys and use them in practice and get them bigger and stronger. John, I'm curious, besides Villanova, maybe Providence, who do you think can be a second weekend team for the Big East? And I think we all know that the Big East needs more second teams, second weekend teams, not named Villanova. Yeah, you know, early in the season, I would have said Seton Hall. They've really missed Bryce Aiken. But, you know, I believe, even though they really stubbed their toe earlier in the week, that the team that might have the highest ceiling in the Big East is Connecticut. I mean, that's the deepest front court in all of college basketball. They've got a veteran point guard in R.J. Cole. They've got an all-Big East player in Tyrese Martin. The one thing that I think has to happen, for Connecticut to go from a team that can separate itself among Big East teams 
is to get consistent pop out of Jordan Hawkins. He's done it in spurts, but this is somebody that if he can be an 8 to 12 point per game guy, Connecticut with the right draw could be in the Sweet 16, but obviously a disappointing loss on Tuesday against Creighton. Let's take a break from the 401 podcast and hear from our friends at Haxton's Liquors. I sure hope everyone enjoyed a fun-filled holiday season. Tim and Bob Haxton are always ready to serve you and have everything you need. All the top wines and spirits, plenty of beer, a huge selection of spike seltzers, and all the mixers. Haxton's is always ready to serve you, so stop in and see the Haxton boys and their great staff. They do an excellent job with air filtration and their giant store in Warwick, and we're thrilled that they're proud sponsors of Kevin Mack Sports. Welcome back to the 401 Podcast, and thank you to John Rothstein. I love his passion for the sport of college basketball and certainly look forward to seeing him on the Big East Road and hopefully through the NCAA tournament as well. So building off some of the same topics that John and I discussed, PC's Ed Cooley has really benefited from his transfers. If you take in the additions of transfers over the last three years, five of the Friars' top seven players right now are currently transfers. So this program wouldn't be the same without success on the transfer wire. I asked Cooley, what has made Justin Manaya specifically the defensive stickler? He can guard all five positions. What has made him so good for the Friars? You know, I mean, if you can ever, you know, sculpt the guy that I enjoy coaching and I enjoy coaching all of our guys. Um, he, he has an it factor that is brought to this team. You know what I'm saying? It is not so much what he does putting the ball in the basket, which he's improving on. It's how he impacts the game on both sides of the ball. He's a high energy, tough minded, fun kid to be around. You know what I mean? He's a program guy. He's the epitome of a great teammate. You know what I mean? A, epitome of a great teammate. He can, he can guard any position, you know, he can play any position, and those guys are just so rare, and he doesn't complain about anything. In today's day and age, you can get a player for one year that doesn't complain and is only concerned about his teammates and winning, that to me is like hitting the lottery. We hit the lottery when we got Justin Minaya. So you bring in transfers, uh, Ed, but... You know, don't you have to cross your fingers and hope things turn out, that the pieces fit? How was that with this group? Well, kind of both. I give our staff a lot of credit. You know, we we know what we needed to add. I mean, we lost a lot. Let's face it, we lost a pro. We lost two starters, you know. You know, so, I mean, that that, that was tough to replace. You know, two, you know, between Jimmy Nichols and Greg Gann, who had, you know, throughout their careers have played some starter minutes if they weren't injured. Uh, David Duke, who was a first-team all-conference player. It's uh, it's fallen into place far from perfect. I mean, I think the puzzle's fitting because of the maturity of the group and the age of the group. Seventy your seventy your seniors play in an eight man rotation. Let's hear what our friends at Manscaped have in store this year. Hey, four hundred one podcast fans, this is producer Kevin Collins here to tell you what's new from our good friends at Manscaped. Well, it's February and roses are red, violets are blue, and don't let a wild pube wreck you. Valentine's Day is just around the corner, and our sponsors at Manscaped are here for you with the best tools to get your balls ready for the special occasion. This V-Day, it's time to join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped, the leaders in below-the-waist grooming. Head to manscaped.com and use code KMAC, that's K-M-C, for 20% off plus free shipping. Listen, guys, you never know what's going to happen on Valentine's Day. 
It's the one night of the year you want to make extra sure your balls are clean, fresh, and ready to go. The holidays went by so quickly, did you remember to take care of your package with the best tools for the job? The Performance Package 4.0 from Manscaped is just the thing every guy needs in their life to make each and every day just a little more special. The number one product in this package is the Lawnmower 4.0. This electric trimmer is designed to trim hair on loose skin. And get this, the trimmer's advanced skin-safe technology reduces cuts and nicks in all your delicate areas. It even has an LED spotlight so you can shave anywhere your heart desires. And did I mention? It's waterproof too. And don't forget to smell good this Valentine's Day. Make sure to load up on Manscaped's signature scent. This refined cologne is the perfect complement to your hygiene package. Remember, Manscaped created their products for a night just like this. Your balls and your lady will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code KMAC at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping using the promo code KMC. This Valentine's Day, join Cupid and shoot your arrow with Manscaped. Welcome back to the 401 Podcast. And a few more items with uh, Coach Ed Cooley. First, Coach, I've been really impressed with the group's poise under pressure, especially late in shot clocks. Now, Jared Bynum's 25-footers at the shot clock have been a a bit unnerving, needless to say. Uh, But I didn't say lucky. Is that a point of concern, late shot clock offense? 100%. Yeah. We talked about that yesterday in practice. You okay. know, we, we talked about three key things that we had to concentrate on and continue to improve. And that was one of the key elements. We talked about pace in our early offense, mm-hmm. pace in our early offense. So we don't get to a desperation five, four, three, two, one, you know, Hail Mary, you know, so 100% spot on. Um, that's something hopefully we can correct as, you know, as we continue to play. I mean, it's not going to be pretty, you know, and other teams scout too. Other teams are trying to win. You know, they're trying to get you deep into the shot clock if you don't have early offense. So, you know, we do have to improve on that because over a three-game stretch, I think we had 42 possessions that came in that situation. That's a lot. That's a lot in a three-game stretch. Several Friar teams in the Cooley era have made up for sluggish starts with really good finishes into March. Now, this team is hopefully checking both boxes. Just an unbelievable start and a strong finish as well. If you remember in 2020, the year of the pandemic, the Friars run the last six games and eight of the last 10. We're certainly going to be the NCAA tournament. Probably, I've always told people, probably a six or seven seed. Now, in 2017, that team really needed a fast finish and ran into the NCAAs winning its last six regular season games and did make the tournament. Now, Coach, why do you think that's happened for your teams or some of your teams in the last several years, and could it happen again? I think the guys feel more comfortable with what we're trying to do, you know, uh, our scouting, our our game planning, our game calling, playing the team a second time around. Uh, I think when you add all that in, the players just get more comfortable. I think we get more comfortable as a staff. You know, and again, you want to play your best coming down a stretch, and hopefully that's still in us. You know, we've been fortunate in some of the games we've been playing, yet I still think our best basketball is for sure ahead of us. Well, that's it for this week's 401 podcast. Here's good luck to the Friars and all of the teams in our area or your favorite team. I know we have listeners to the 401 as far away as Florida and California, so just enjoy the rest of this college basketball season and get ready for March. And also, please pass along this podcast to your college basketball pals. Please subscribe to my website at kevinmacksports.com. 
that makes a great gift with the college basketball season in full swing. And if you can't find any timely coverage of the Friars, I hear that a lot, this is the place, KevinMaxSports.com. Thanks, as always, to producer extraordinaire Kevin Collins. You can chase down more of my interviews at KevinMaxSports.com and on WPRO Radio, where I host the Kevin Max Sports Hour, 6 to 7 p.m., Monday through Friday. Also, please follow me on Twitter at KevinMcNamara33 for all the latest updates around the sports world. Thanks also to our friends at Haxton's Liquors and Manscaped. The 401 Podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and Buzzsprout. Subscribe on whatever platform you enjoy most. Please shoot us a like and look for the next edition of the 401 Podcast with Kevin McNamara. Thanks for listening to the 401 Podcast with Kevin McNamara. Get the 411 on the sports scene in the 401 by subscribing to the 401 Podcast from KevinMacSports.com.